in child labor. And there's been some estimates that as much as over a million children have been in the cocoa industry. I mean, that's huge that there's been so many children working in this industry, you know, that basically the farmers have, you know, done this because they feel like they don't have a choice and they've had to keep their prices low. And they themselves, the farmers aren't making much money. They're making, you know, a, you know they're living on a dollar a day, which is $30 basically a month. Hi, this is Anita, the Global Trade Gal. Today, I want to talk a little bit about chocolate, and in particular about the cocoa industry and fair trade and ethical sourcing. But we can also talk about chocolate because chocolate is one of my favorite things to eat. There's probably been no other industry that's been hit as hard with fair trade and ethical sourcing as the cocoa industry. You know, today, many large and small cocoa suppliers or chocolate suppliers, you know, have been forced to be able to look at fair trade and ethical sourcing. And the reason why is because in the 1990s, much of the cocoa that was sold in the world was produced using slave labor. And a lot of the slave labor was children or child labor, especially in countries like West Africa. The prices were low. And there was an increasing need for fertilizer. So many farmers, you know, they resorted to this children, you know, to help them out with the with slave labor or women or others, you know, that were really people that, you know, people that really shouldn't have been working because a lot of these same farmers were living on less than $1 a day. So they had a lot of price pressure. And because they had the price pressure, they also... You know, and everyone was poor there. So the families, of course, would then send their children out to work in the cocoa fields or out work with the cocoa farmers to be able to earn some income. There were some, you know, journalists and others who started discovering this whole thing. It was kind of a little bit like the diamond trade there about the black diamonds. And they began to talk a lot about how this, this deep secret of something that we all love so much, which is chocolate, and how chocolate had this deep, dark secret that the cocoa used to produce the chocolate was actually, you know, using child labor or slave labor. So the cocoa companies or the companies that are producing chocolate, they, you know, were really got a lot of bad press about this. And so they then decided that they really needed to do something about this. So they had, they started up what was called a fair trade certification or fair trade certificate. So to their credit, a lot of the large chocolate or cocoa companies have made fair trade and ethical sourcing a part of their industry. And let me just review a little bit about what fair trade and ethical sourcing is. The fair trade industry was basically set up to help mainly, you know, people like the farmers, you know, for the cocoa, the tea, the coffee, and, you know, of course, anyone else. And basically to be able to say that you need to be able to earn a fair and living wage for whatever products you are offering. And also the fair trade will look at, you know, things like, you know, children should not be used in the production and other things. And that also has to do with ethical sourcing because ethical sourcing 
looks at not only just the fair trade, but they'll also look at things like the um, the social, which would be you know child or slave labor. They'll look at the um, economic, you know, is it is it hurting the ecosystem? And they'll look at basically all aspects of the global sourcing, you know, everything from the safety and health of the workers to the income the workers are making to all of those things throughout the entire supply chain. You know, today, you know, most companies will have an auditor come in. That auditor will then, you know, look at all of this with the factory and they will make sure that everybody is earning, you know, the proper wage and, you know, and all of those different things. So these chocolate companies, you know, they started to say, look, this is important. We need to make this be part of our goal and part of who we are. And I'd like to talk today about two major chocolate companies, Hershey and Mars, and what they did for their fair trade initiatives. You know, both Hershey's and Mars said that they had a goal for 2020 that they would purchase um, fair trade certified cocoa by 2022. And so that's actually this year, but all of them have reached their goals that they've all been able to certify that the cocoa that they are producing is fair trade certified cocoa. And that they've been working very hard over this over you know, the last 10 years or more. They've really acknowledged, and they've said, we understand that there's been problems in our supply chain. We understand there's work for us to do. And you know, and we should point out and say that, you know, Hershey and Mars and those guys are not buying directly from these farmers you know, most of them. So they're probably not the ones that are going to these little farmers in West Africa and saying, you know, I'm going to buy like, you know, um, you know, 20 kilos from you here or 20 kilos from you there. They're probably buying from another middleman who's collecting from all these farmers and then selling them, you know, selling them all the cocoa. So, but on their website, Mars said this about their fair trade initiative. Backed by one billion investment over 10 years, cocoa for generations is two pillars, responsible cocoa today and sustainable cocoa tomorrow. So in other words, Mars is basically saying here that, look, we understand that, you know, this has been a problem, but we have done something as Mars. We put some money behind all this. We put a billion dollars investment here to be able to help this issue in the cocoa industry. And, you know, a lot of those initiatives are making sure that children can stay in school, making sure there's medical, making sure, you know, these communities are basically being built up. These communities that are growing the cocoa are being built up and the people are able to have a fair and a living wage and are be able to have things like maybe electricity, clean water, and other things like that. In other words, that their life and the standard of living of these villages, mainly in West Africa, are going up because of the cocoa industry, and the cocoa industry is not driving them down. Hershey's also has a similar initiative like Mars, and they said they're ahead of their schedule to ensure about fair trade and ethical sourcing their supply chain. You know, because as I pointed out before, one of the most significant issues has been child labor. And there's been some estimates that as much as Over a million children have been in the cocoa industry. I mean, that's huge that there's been so many children working in this industry. You know, that basically the farmers have, you know, done this because they feel like they don't have a choice and they've had to keep their prices low. And they themselves, the farmers, aren't making much money. They're making, you know, know, they're living on a dollar a day, which is $30 basically a month. Hershey said this. Enhanced protection, detection, 
and remediation of child labor. We are scaling our child labor monitoring and remediation systems. The leading way to detect, remediate, and eliminate child labor across our entire West West Africa cocoa sourcing supply chain by 2025. This includes engaging trusted members of farmers' own communities and auditing farmers' work practices and following up with them to find ways to help them lessen their reliance on the work of children and keep children in school. I just want to make a comment here about child labor because I've been here in Asia long enough that I personally understand that child labor is not as easy as we sometimes think it is in the West. If you are a poor farmer in West Africa, and let's say your husband dies, maybe he dies of a motorbike accident, maybe he gets sick, maybe he dies of cancer, maybe you, know, you just have bad luck, maybe he just dies, maybe he leaves you and, and walks away and leaves you, you know, with a family, and maybe you have five, six, seven children that you need to raise. And let's say you're a woman and you don't have much education. You have a small little farm. You can maybe raise some chickens. You maybe grow your own vegetables, but you don't really have a way to earn income. Let's say too that in your village, there really is no way for you to earn income. You know, you haven't been able to go to college. You maybe haven't even been able to go past the ninth grade in your education. So you can hardly read or write. You have, a, you have a child, you have a son, maybe he's your oldest son, maybe he's about 13, 14 years old. You think, well, he's a good, strong, fine, healthy boy. We need to send him out to work to get him to bring the income back for the family. I have felt for a long time that many of these parents don't want to do it. They realize that this maybe is not the best choice, but it also becomes a problem of economics for them they maybe see that there are really no other choices. Maybe they feel like we need to be able to eat. We need to be able to get some medicine. Maybe on top of this, they have a younger child who's sick. And maybe this younger child needs some medicine every single month or this child's going to die. Those are some realistic and you know hard choices, which is with child labor. You know, so do you say to your son, look, you know, why don't you, you know, keep going to school and let's let your younger sibling die and we won't have anything to eat, but that's okay. You keep going to school. That becomes some of the harsh realities in in many of these communities and many of these places around the world where children are working. You know, I don't know, you know, exactly what the answer to this is, but I do appreciate the fact that companies like Hershey, Mars, and other, you know, Nestle's and other large chocolate companies are getting involved in this and they're trying to become part of the solution and not become the problem. That they're saying that, look, if we need to buy, the, you know, if we need to pay a little bit more on the chocolate, we will make that happen. If we need to go in and help build a school so these children can stay in school, we will do that. If we need to monitor this more, we will do it. If we need to do some social work to make sure this doesn't happen, we will do that. And I do appreciate the fact that they are trying to become part of the solution and not becoming the problem themselves because some of the harsh realities as to why children 
are working is really not just so easy that the parent sends that child off there, or the parent doesn't love the child, or the parent doesn't care about the child. In fact, many times the parents I've met that are in these situations, they love their children, and they care about their children, and they want their children to be educated, but their choices may be limited. You know, I really feel like there's something that every single company can learn from the cocoa industry and how they've handled fair trade and ethical sourcing. And some of you that might be listening might say, yeah, but you know what? My industry, we don't really care about this stuff. Like, you know, the only thing people really care about is how cheap is it? All, all thing my customer cares about is how cheap is. They don't really care whether it's done by child or slave labor, or they don't really care if it's been ethically sourced. They never ask me about it. So it really doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you that I feel like this is changing and this is going to continue to change, especially with the younger generation. They are going to start demanding that corporations, companies, and brands, that they are more globally responsible for their entire supply chain. And because of that, I believe that there is a lot that we can learn from the cocoa industry about ethical sourcing and fair trade. One of the first things you can learn is to get out in front of the issue. You know, don't wait until the problem comes to you. Don't wait until suddenly somebody says, hey, you know, you need to prove to us this has been ethically sourced. Instead, that should be part of who you are. Part of who you are as a company, a brand. You should say, hey, look, this is important to us. You know, even if you're a a retail store, you might say, hey, look, we want to only sell chocolate that we know has been ethically sourced. That could be a start. You know, you could could make that statement there. And then you could just say, look, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to tell people that all of our chocolate in our store, we know has been ethically sourced. Get out in front of the problem. You know, the research has shown that this is going to become a significant issue. So the time to start on this issue is right now. The next thing you need to do is you need to acknowledge the issue. You know, chocolate companies such as Hershey's and Mars have had to acknowledge the issue. And they've had to acknowledge it in a very public way. And maybe in some ways kind of a bit of an embarrassing way where they've had to basically acknowledge the issue and say, look, you know, to the world, we know this is a problem. We know we have this problem. We know that there have been child labor in our supply chain. But we are acknowledging to you that we know this, so we're going to do something about it. And I really love the fact, like I said before, that they're trying to become part of the solution and not the problem. That they're not just burying their head in the sand and saying it doesn't matter. Instead, they're saying, look, here's the problem. Here's the issue. The next thing which they have done is they've defined the solution. You know, that's the next thing you do is define what's your solution. What are you going to do about it? Now you know, you know, you've acknowledged the problem. You, 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 you know, you know there's the issue. You're getting in front of the issue. You know, how, what are you going to do to define the solution? You know, th- these companies, have, have, they, they've spent a lot of money. They've set up dedicated web pages on their website to talk about it. I remember once I bought, I think it was a bag of um, Nestle's chocolate chips. On the back was talking about ethical sourcing and how you know, the chocolate on this was ethically sourced. They're, they're, they're basically getting out in front of the issue. They're saying, here's, here's the problem and here's our solution. 
And you, you can do the same. You can put it on your website. You can make it part of your brand. You can make it part of who you are. I know for me, my own company, we've done this. I've written quite a few blogs about ethical sourcing. I've written about, you know, fair trade. We, we've talked about what does it mean to us. I, we, you know, we, we've discussed this. And I think that it's important for you to make this part of who you are. And that goes on to my next step is to make it part of your brand. You know, the chocolate companies have made this fair trade and cocoa as part of their brand and as part of their corporate identity. You know, as I mentioned before, they put it on part of their packaging. They put it on their websites. They're letting consumers know. And they're basically saying to people, look, look, hey, there's a problem. And one of the things I've gone through a lot of their web pages, which I really sort of appreciated, they didn't say to me, like, look, we've solved the problem. Now it's done. In fact, they've said, this is an ongoing problem and we're continuing to look for solutions. So they basically have acknowledged it. And they've, they've been very straight and honest about it and said, look, you know, we know it's a problem, but we're going to keep working on the solution for this. You know, I really feel like the cocoa industry has shown us all that you can do business while doing good. You know, and let me repeat that again, that all of us, everywhere around the world, no matter where you are, whether you're sitting in Chicago or you're sitting in Cincinnati or you're sitting in Bangkok, Thailand, or you're, you know, in Copenhagen, you can decide now that you're going to do business while doing good. And I really think that that's a great way to be able to do business. Imagine if every company, every corporation, and every brand tried to have things like fair trade, ethical sourcing to become part of their brand and their identity, you know, whether it was large or small, imagine if every single person and every single company and every single corporation did that, how this would help to change the world. I believe it would change the world in ways that we could not even now imagine or believe. So that is my challenge to those of you that are listening. I hope that you will work to try to make a difference and to go out and to do business while doing good. And that if you are a company, corporation, or brand, that you will do these things. You'll get ahead of the issue with fair trade and, and ethical sourcing if you have not already. That you'll acknowledge the issue and say, here's the issue. You'll define what your solution will be, what you're going to do. You'll have an action plan. And then you'll make it part of your brand, your company, your corporation, and who you are. Thank you so much for listening. This is Anita. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and that we'd love to have you be part of our community. Check out our blog at Mindoro, M-O-N-D-O-R-O.com. Give us a thumbs up. We'd love to have you give us a review. Tell us how you think we're doing. We really do appreciate you and we appreciate your time. And thank you so much for being a part of our community.